Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Hey guys, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. Um, This podcast is for movie lovers, as you've heard from the intro. Uh, (laughs) If you want to catch up with me, I'm on Twitter under AYA Lisa Cosplay, and I finally made an I Love That Movie Twitter. So it's just, you know, the initials ILTM uh, on Twitter, so find me there. I've also got an Instagram, um, I Love That Movie Podcast. I'm going to start kind of shifting over to that one away from my private one. But if you want to follow my other projects, I'm also at Lisa on Instagram. Um, also, we have a closed Facebook group called I Love That Movie. It's just a safe space for movie lovers to discuss their favorite films, judgment-free. Uh, my only rule in there is keep it positive. Um, so if you want to join that group, you can just send me a request and I'll add you. It's super fun. We chat in there all the time. And then last but not least, if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. It helps other people find this podcast, and yeah. So um, today, I have a new guest on the show. I have Cassandra. Say hi, Cassandra. Hey, everybody. Hey. Um, I should have asked you before I introduced you. Is that is that okay? Did, did yeah, you absolutely. Handle? Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I usually go by Cass. Okay, Perfect. All right, I will call you Cass from now on. Um, so, Cass, uh, for our guests out there, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Cass. I am a uh, an actor and a content creator in the Dallas community. Um, I don't know if you want me to do my little spiel now. You can. Uh, you can. Okay. I'm a part of a, uh, a YouTube, uh, actually two YouTube channels. Uh, one of them is called Now with Milk. It is artists in the Dallas community making short films. Uh, it's a comedy channel. It's super, super fun. And uh, I got to be a ghost today, so that was fun Ooh, uh, for one of our shorts. Yeah. <laughs> a spooky ghost, except it was a tablecloth instead of a sheet, so there is that. Um, yeah. My other uh, project that I work on is uh, called SCNS Live, Super Cool Nerd Show Live. Cool. Uh, we do a show every Thursday uh, evening talking about nerd news and talking about uh, basically whatever we want to that's nerdy. Cool. So, Sounds those are fun. my two things. Yeah. And I'm also just, you know, an actor in the area. Awesome. That's great. Well, uh, Cass, um, I'm really glad to have you on the show. And uh, what, what movie? Here. Yeah. Uh, what movie are we talking about today? We are talking about The Conjuring, the yes. uh, the first in a, I think, five, six movie uh, universe that uh, James Wan has uh, created, and uh, it's a great, 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 great movie, and I love the universe. 
Yes, I, I'm so glad you picked this one. This is our first James Wan film, which is kind of surprising because um, my podcast has attracted a lot of people from the DC crowd. So I kind of thought that by now somebody would have picked that since James Wan directed Aquaman. Um, but we haven't the yet. First of, the first of two uh, DC movies directed by horror directors because That's Shazam true. recently was directed by David F. Sandberg who was uh, originally making uh, short horror films. Yeah, and he had directed uh, Annabelle Creation, right? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's part of this universe. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool, full circle there. But yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to talk about this one. I, I've i seen this movie several times, and Me I too. rewatched <laughs> it <laughs> a couple days ago on Netflix. So you can watch it for free on Netflix right now, for those of you out there listening, um, if you want to catch up on this. However, this is not spoiler-free. So uh, anything you hear going forward, there will be spoilers. Uh, Just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, I think before we dive more into this, let me read a quick synopsis. And then we'll kind of jump into your uh, when you first saw the film and all that good stuff. In 1970, paranormal investigators and demonologists Lorraine and Ed Warren are summoned to the home of Carolyn and Roger Perrin. The Perrins and their five daughters have recently moved into a secluded farmhouse where a supernatural presence has made itself known. Though the manifestations are relatively benign at first, events soon escalate in horrifying fashion, especially after the Warrens discover the house's macabre history. I just got to say, I really like the plot of this film. Like this is, this is, this plot is my jam when it comes to horror. I just love spooky houses and I like anything having to do with like the supernatural. I do too. Um, I definitely prefer supernatural horror movies uh, to like slasher or anything uh, else. It's what really gets me. It's what really scares me. Um, Especially... Uh, especially ghosts. I love ghosts. Me too. Me too. Um, wh- when when did you first see this movie? Did you see it in theaters? I did not. Uh, oddly enough, when this movie came out in theaters, which I believe was 2013, mm-hmm. uh, I did not watch horror movies. I was absolutely terrified of them. And then uh, this crazy, crazy thing. I was diagnosed with uh, anxiety in like f- 2015, 2016. And started watching horror movies like nobody's business. Uh, it's it's this odd kind of like it gives my anxiety somewhere to go, and okay. so I they actually they're very very calming to me. And so when I'm feeling really like angsty and, and anxious, uh, then I will actually watch a horror movie. So I didn't see this until about uh, 2015 2016 somewhere in there. Uh, I watched it with my good friend Ricardo, who, uh, when I got up to go to the bathroom, scared the crap out of me <laughs> as I was coming back into the living room to finish watching the movie, which was very mean, but also kind of appropriate. Um, but yeah, in this movie, I mean, it was one of the first horror movies that I watched, and wow. it scared me so bad, but like in a good way. In a really so, good way. It's yeah. so scary and so creepy. I love that. Well, you know, for all you guys listening out there, Ricardo was on our uh, interview with the vampire episode. So go back and listen to that one, too. And right away, he recommended you for this podcast. So I was like, ah, I got to reach out to her. Um, Yeah. Um, So for me, I think so my love for this universe, I guess, goes back to Insidious. Um, I absolutely loved that movie. It was so good. Um, I loved that it was sort of 
it, it's it definitely like was old school horror and you know it had that cheesiness and that camp but it was just so well done and so um you know, I really enjoyed that one. So by the time The Conjuring came out, I was already kind of on board with this universe. Um, I have a story similar to yours in the sense that I haven't always been a big horror movie buff at all. Um, I wouldn't even call myself a horror movie buff now, but um, when I was younger, I didn't really watch any horror. Um, I just kind of grew up in a household where we didn't watch those. So for a long time, I kind of viewed the horror genre as like, I guess a little bit less than the other movie genres. Like I didn't realize just like any other genre, there's really good stuff and then there's not great mm-hmm. stuff. It's just so saturated. Um, but the <laughs> horror, horror in particular, the, the bad stuff is so in the forefront. It is. Like <laughs> some of the, some of the horror movies that make the most money and are the most popular are some of the worst horror movies. <laughs> and so you really can't trust, uh, the, horror is a genre yeah really really can't and it's one of those that you can't necessarily a lot of times uh you can go see an actor from movie to movie Mm -hmm. and enjoy the movie because of the actor that's not true in horror the actor does not make the movie and uh what i've learned to do is follow directors that's Uh, a good point yeah directors will carry that kind of magic from horror movie to horror movie which doesn't necessarily happen in other genres. Mm, I've never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. And uh, I think it's interesting, too, because a lot of directors get their start in horror Mm -hmm. um, because usually they're low budget, you know, and uh, independent films as, you know, these movies were as well. Although by the time this came out, it made a ton of money. Um, but, but yeah, I think also horror is very subjective. So what scares me may not scare you and vice versa. It's kind of like comedy in that way. And so it's hard to recommend to people unless they're kind of on board, uh, with that particular type of horror. Um, I'm the same as you, not real crazy about slashers, but this one, you know, it hits all the sweet spots. So I saw this one in theaters, I believe. Um, and I think I saw the second one in theaters too. But I loved it right away. It's kind of like after Insidious, I was kind of like, how how are we going to recapture that magic? And this is, I think this movie uh, pulls probably more people in than Insidious. I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's a little bit better film, like all the way around. Um, but but yeah, I loved it right away. So that was my experience I, with it. I definitely agree that this is just a, a better film overall. And I do think that uh, Insidious is kind of, if if it's possible, even more of like a classic horror movie than this one. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea of following the people that investigate the horror instead of the monster was, was something that was kind of new. And Insidious is very much about just, it's just about this family. Right, that's true. But I think following Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, I think kind of gave people this sense of, well, this is something a little bit different and this is something that we could follow. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the reasons that I love this movie. I think uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga, I think they absolutely make this movie uh, because of the relationship between those characters. And so I think that's one thing that pulls a lot more people in. Uh, no, I agree. I think it pulls people in maybe that aren't even huge fans of the horror genre in general. I think it's just, it, it's got a little bit of magic to it. Um, and I, I just think it's, you know, pretty well-rounded, like you said, and, and, and the two lead actors are a huge part of that. 
Yeah. Um, I had a couple quick facts I wanted to uh, run over, and then we can kind of dive in a little bit more into the film. Um, you know, the film contains no sex or nudity, very little profanity, so tame and pretty much bloodless violence, a few brief depictions of alcohol and smoking, but it has an R rating. Uh, and that was solely for the scare factor alone. I think that's another thing that sets this movie apart. I think a lot of horror sort of relies on, you know, high violence and gore and nudity. And this doesn't have that. And yet it's still pretty scary. I wonder if that brought in more people. Because this is a market that you don't necessarily think about, uh, particularly in horror movie. But Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the only horror movies that I've ever seen that deals with the, the Christian faith that it's not horrendously blasphemous. Oh, Um, gotcha. I hadn't even thought of that, but that's true. And uh, this, I mean, throughout the universe, it is actually very, very respectful to uh, the Christian faith, particularly Catholicism, Mm -hmm. because that's what you deal with with exorcisms. Um, And uh, as someone that grew up very religious, uh, that is something that I definitely, definitely notice in a lot of horror movies, especially ones that deal with exorcisms. Uh, they tend to be pretty, like, critical and pretty blasphemous of Christians. And this is actually very much in support of the Christian faith, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, you're right. It's usually sort of an indictment on the Catholic Church. Like, it ends up being, like, sort of a metaphor for everything wrong, you know, uh, or could be wrong. And so this movie sort of takes a step back from that. You know, uh, Patrick Wilson's character is not a priest, and, uh, but he ends up, I mean, this story is sort of why he becomes, I guess, accepted by the Catholic faith to perform exorcisms because he's treating it differently, uh, than other people would. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I, I also think, you know, when you were saying earlier that you don't like slasher films as much, mm-hmm. I've noticed that when I have female guests on here, and this includes myself, I'm putting myself in this camp. I think a lot of us aren't real crazy about slasher films because all the victims in those tend to be women. <laughs> and and there's... they tend to be, if there's not nudity, then the uh, the deaths are still sexualized a lot of the time. Yes. And like, what the hell? Like, what? That's so creepy to me. And so, yeah, like, that's one of the reasons is that they, it seems like they are really excited to disembowel lots of women and mm-hmm. do it sexually and I'm like please please don't and I'm trying to be careful here because like I'm not trying to disrespect anybody out there that is a slasher fan I'm just saying yeah. from my perspective that's what didn't really draw me into them whereas like a lot of uh you know horror movies that have this fantasy or supernatural element to them I feel the female characters become like they're usually like clairvoyant and they're um well, like like uh like Lorraine is in this movie. And so they're kind of the heroes in a lot of ways in those movies. They're a little more front and center without just being like the victim. So I yeah. think that's another reason why women tend to like those kind of stories a little bit more. They're like, oh, cool. Like, you know, like in this movie, she's like investigating and she's got this gift and it's it comes in handy. Like she's, she's a little kind more of a hero in the piece. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And her and Ed rely on each other a lot, which that makes me a lot more happy. Yeah. I, you know, something I was watching it with my husband and he was saying he likes how, um, the, the dad, uh, I guess 
what's his name, Roger Perrin, uh, played by Ron Livingston, um, also isn't, like, a big jerk to his family. <laughs> like, when well, they start noticing supernatural stuff, like, he believes them even before he witnesses it. And he's scared with them and he's, like, on their side. Whereas I think in a lot of horror movies, uh, the dad ends up becoming so a bad guy. Many, in yeah. so many, they're like, oh, you're just crazy. I'm like, no, <laughs> she's really not. She's <laughs> yeah, really like, not. And it's like, that's terrible. You don't want to think that you would be, you know, stuck in this house that's haunted and, like, literally even the, you, you know, your family doesn't believe you. Like, so it's kind of refreshing exactly. that yep. everybody seems like they're on the same page. You know, the Warrens believe them and the parents believe each other. And, yeah, it's just, like, there's a lot of, like, it's weird. There's a lot of like togetherness in this film and it that kind of feels good about it. And then it, you know, doesn't, I guess it's a spoiler, but it doesn't have like a horrific ending either. And that's also unique to horror genres. Exactly. So, yeah. This movie I, really does pull in people that may not necessarily like a lot of those tropes. <laughs> the relationships are kind of front and center in this movie, which again is not true for a lot of horror. Uh, the relationship between Ed and Lorraine, the relationship between the husband and wife, the relationship between all of the girls, yeah. which um, in all, in a lot of horror movies, the, I feel like all the girls would have been boiled down to a single personality trait. And then <laughs> yeah. that would just be their whole character. Uh, in the very beginning of the movie, when they're uh, moving in the oldest daughter, I can't remember her name. Uh, she's like, are we going to, like live here forever like she's really salty about being in this kind of farmhouse in the middle of nowhere and then by two scenes later like she's taking care of her little sister because she's not just that stupid teenager she's got a whole <laughs> personality to her and i've seen so many horror movies that uh, they just not even just horror movies, movies in general where side characters were boiled down to a single personality trait and then that's it that's all they are that's true. And, like, these girls aren't at odds with each other, really. Like, I mean, they have, like, your typical sibling disagreements, but they're not, that's not part of the conflict in the story is everyone being pitted against each other, which I think is, like, a pretty easy go-to for a lot of these types of films. Exactly. And it's pretty different, too, from some of James Wan's, like, other work. Like, you know, I mean, What Made Him Famous is a movie that I actually don't like uh saw <laughs> i actually i actually do, oh, you do? Uh, only the only okay, the first one bad. The, only the, the first, first one, the one and only because i am ridiculously impressed with like the budget of that movie mm -hmm. That's a good and point. all the things that he did uh to make that movie happen when it really 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 shouldn't have happened and that it was him and his best friend. I think that's adorable. That's cool. I mean, the the truth is, those movies are extremely popular and beloved. Yeah. So I can't say anything negative about that for sure. But you're right. Most of them are trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were a few afterwards that I wasn't. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's like that movie, you know, is so different from this one in terms of vibe. Uh, but you can still see, I think, his trademark. Um, I, I feel like all his movies have this sort of just a really cool atmosphere to them. Um, yeah. And I like that about this film too. Maybe not, not as much atmosphere in Furious 7, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will admit I've never seen Furious 7. <laughs> I've seen a few of the movies. Uh, my husband's a car guy, so we watch, we've watched a few of those. Um, 
I, I called him guilty call pleasures. I myself a proper James Wan fan because I've never seen Furious Seven. <laughs> well, as soon as we're done recording, you better go watch it. No, okay. No judgment. Yeah, um, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a note about James Wan too. He's actually the first Australian actor to have two films make a billion dollars at the box office. Just nice. crazy. One I think, of them was Aquaman. What was the other one? I think the other one was probably Furious 7. Was there? Know. Yeah, that makes sense. Those movies make a ton, especially overseas. So I'm yeah. thinking it's that, but pretty impressive regardless. So now he can kind of do whatever he wants. Um, so he needs to make more movies like this because they're my favorite. because they're so good. <laughs> I, I think probably the Conjuring movies and Insidious are probably my favorites of his. Um, yeah. Even above, above Aquaman, which I also did enjoy a lot but aquaman was really good um but it's just these are just so well done i don't know there wasn't as as much pressure it's like a little bit more his vision which is kind of nice yeah totally agree um and i you know kind of speaking of aquaman i guess uh i really love uh patrick wilson in this movie as ed warren um and is that what you're talking about? Are they the ones that are best friends? Is that no? Uh, Lee Wenell, I think is okay. his name. Uh, he's the guy that plays uh, in the bathroom. There are two guys, right? One is Carrie Ellis. Uh, Lee Wenell is the other guy. Oh, um, really? Okay, okay. Yeah, he he wrote that movie as well oh. as stars in it. He also wrote. I think he might have helped write The Conjuring, mm. uh, but he he writes or helps write a lot of movies that James Wan directs. Oh, okay, cool. He also, I believe, wrote a movie called Cooties, uh, in which uh, there's like a zombie virus that only affects kids under the age of 12, I think. It's got Elijah Wood in it, and they basically massacre like an elementary school of like zombies. Man, I feel like I've seen that. (laughs) It's a ridiculous movie. (laughs) Well, I was saying... Patrick Wilson, because this is, I think, the third, well, four movies now that they've done together, because they did this one, uh, the two Insidious movies, actually five, and then um, Aquaman, too, so he's he's kind of a staple yeah. in his films. two Insidious, two Conjuring, Aquaman. Is James Wan, do you know if James Wan is working on the next, on the Conjuring movie that's coming out this summer? It's like uh, Annabelle Returns, or Annabelle Comes Home, or something. I feel but like I don't if, know if he's directing it. Yeah, I feel like if he's not directly involved, he's usually like a producer or something. Yeah, that would I, make sense. Yeah, I feel like, let's see. Oh, um, is it The Crooked Man? Oh, no. The Nun 2 has been announced. Conjuring 3, he's the producer. Gotcha. And he did, yeah, story. So he's helping write the story. And then also... Oh, yeah, Annabelle uh, Comes Home, too. Yeah. I'll see them all, so... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not going to stop watching these movies at this point. No. Um, and you were saying earlier, too, about how, you know, the two leads in this film are just so great. Um, I got to give a shout-out, too, to, to Vera Farmiga as Lauren. Um, I love her in Bates Motel. I watched, I think, the first season of that show. But, I mean, I mainly knew her from this movie. Um, and I feel like after this movie, going forward... Um, it's just funny to look back at this film. Like when I was rewatching it, I was like, it's like visiting two old friends at this point. Like I've just grown so much love for them as actors and, 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 and as characters, it's just like, I can't get enough of these two. The fact that there's a, an already established romance mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it stays very, very strong throughout. And there's conflict in between these characters, but the conflict comes through their love for each other. And the fact that that's not the most cheesy thing that I've ever seen, the fact <laughs> that it's actually very, very heartfelt, yeah, uh, I think is so such a testament to not only the director, but the actors. They're just, they're very, very real. And mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that they're worried about each other, but they also trust each other and want to protect each other. And I think that's just so sweet. Yes. Well, since we're kind of segueing a little bit, um, you do you want to talk about some of your favorite scenes and then we'll kind of just like dive in from there? Sure. I would love to talk about some of my favorite scenes. Um, first of all, I just want to give a shout out to the sexy cop that shoots the door uh, <laughs> when they're trying to get back in uh, towards the end. They're like, because there's a lot of uh, people banging on doors in this movie, right? Trying to push doors open. There are. There's, there's like 10 to 15 instances of it but the last time it's uh patrick wilson very farmiga uh trying to get into the house where mom is going bonkers and they're pushing and they're pushing and the cops like get out of the way and he just shoots it and it's just <laughs> the coolest thing i've ever seen that's one of my favorite scenes <laughs> i love that yeah there's a lot of um i think i watched uh one of those uh screen junkie videos that was like you know, um, honest trailers or something about it might have been about this movie, and and I feel like they mentioned the the shutting doors part of it. There's so many; it's just <laughs> everywhere all the time. And you're like, you know what? That is, if I was a ghost or a demon trying to scare people, that is one thing that I would immediately turn to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the truth is, it's scary. Okay, I mean, we've all we all know what that's like. We've all been in a situation where a door closed and it was weird. And you're just sitting there like, I know that was air pressure, but I don't really know. And it's terrifying. And I feel like it's relatable. So I I feel like the best horror movies show you things that are scary that you can imagine happening. Exactly. There's there's lots of fantastical stuff that happens that we've, I've never witnessed. But um, the stuff that is relatable is is really good because it is so common. (laughs) I like that. I love the... uh... I don't know how else to put it. The Demon Possession 101. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the classes they give uh, yeah. are both really interesting because it kind of gives it, it introduces us to the characters as well. And then it also helps kind of bring about uh, her finding them mm-hmm. instead of her just like looking through the yellow pages of like demonologists. <laughs> she there there's actually an opportunity for her to figure them out and then for them to figure her out and the, those two things don't happen at the same time i really like that that's cool yeah also that um we get a lot of exposition in the mm-hmm. film in a way that's not boring and i and i always love yeah. in movies um when they're able to slip that in without it feeling like i mean we're literally watching a class like that should be boring but it's not yeah. the way that it's presented is really interesting and exciting and it kind of sets up for the audience like hey these guys are experts they're at the top of their field and people respect them i think that's a another big yeah. one um because i don't think i don't think necessarily in real life it was that way <laughs> so right. it's kind of cool that um in the movie uh you do get that sense and it also helps. Uh, one thing that I, as a director, that I think that you have to contend with now is that audiences are much more used to this type of thing. Uh, so you don't have to lay out every single thing 
right. of a demon, right? Because they understand. But you also kind of have to lay out the rules for this universe. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they get through the rules for demon possession in this universe in like two and a half minutes flat is such a good concept and good idea. Because then we're like, okay, this is how this demon possession works. I got it. We can move on. And uh, our audiences now are smart enough to do that. We've seen enough of this. No, that's really, that's really true. Um, You know, because I I agree, like when you set rules in a universe, they're very important. And when you don't have them, it's noticeable because you're, as an audience member, you're left wondering like, well, I don't know if that's believable or is that too much? Or when you're kind of given structure, it just makes it easier for you to kind of go along with the ride. Yeah. Looking at you, Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) Oh, we did you an episode on that. No kind of rules. They're dreams. No one knows what's going on. <laughs> it's Is true. Is he vulnerable in the real world? Do we even know if that's a thing? <laughs> no, the rules are set up very well and are not actually broken at any point, which mm. I think is really important that if you're going to set up rules, you can set up whatever rules you want, but then follow them. Yeah. And that's uh, in a lot of especially supernatural horror there's a lot of yeah crosses were demons except for this one right now and it's true so it's really nice that yes things work they don't always work perfectly they're because of human error but for the most part like they they work like they're supposed to. Oh, that's 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 true um i think sometimes in some horror movies that's where I guess it it separates itself from being like a good horror or like okay to really good when yeah. when there is enough structure because a lot of them it feels like I don't know almost like they ran out of time or like they are just kind of winging it with the script and so you're kind of like well, yeah why is this so, part like, happening yeah <laughs> the demon the demon cannot cross this line except for sometimes <laughs> for no reason when it's convenient yeah <laughs> exactly when we want something super dramatic. <laughs> That's true. Um, what what are some other uh, parts of the movie that you really liked? Um, oh, what didn't I like? Uh, basically, every everything with Ed and Lorraine is my favorite thing. Um, one other thing that I liked that you, you don't see a lot, but James Wan loves to do it, is long shots, things that are creepy in them. Yes, agreed. I love that. Um, when the cop uh, I think it's on the the last night or the second night. Um, the cop is kind of running around throughout the house, and you see things that are creepy, and then him move on from them, and you kind of lose sight of what's going on. And that's so much creepier to me because you feel like you're with him, and you feel like you're seeing this thing, and you're like, "Wait, did I see that? Am I crazy? Is he crazy? What's going on?" And I love that confusion as to what's going on without having to have three or four different cuts i totally agree i love that i also like uh the sort of like i guess it's kind of the same but the over the shoulder shots like with the two sisters that are in bed and one of them her Mm -hmm. leg gets pulled and then she wakes up and she's telling the other sister you know i see something in the corner he's right there he's looking at us and when the camera like pans over her shoulder so you're kind of like her sister just looking around trying to see what she's seeing but seeing both of but seeing the other girl's expression of her sort of like having the experience you are where you're looking at the corner then looking back at her but you're not seeing anything there's something really like 
voyeuristic about it. I mean, it, it feels like you're in the room with them, kind of like you mentioned Very earlier. So, yeah. and, and it makes me scared. Like, I was scared watching it. Again, I've seen this movie several times. <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's just scary because you feel like you're with them. Um, so totally agree with that. And they, they there's so much empathy uh, with these girls because you see what they see. And uh, there's another one in... It's when Cindy's banging her head on the thing. Oh, yeah. She gets her, she puts her back in bed, and then Cindy starts freaking out. And the camera is sitting at the top, to where the top of the frame is at the top of the dresser. Mm-hmm. And then it moves up, and it's the lady, and she jumps at them. And that, uh, because it's that dramatic reveal without being, like, a different cut, it, you feel like you're looking up with them. Mm-hmm. And that's, oh, she's so creepy. I love it so much. And I think, like, the jump scares in this movie feel more organic than they do in some horror. Like, they yeah, do. they're jump scares. But, you know, when something genuinely startles the actor and they look and then there's a reaction and then we see it so that we're having that same experience they're having, it doesn't feel as, like, it doesn't feel as cheap, I think. You know, yeah. as something just coming in front of our screen. It's like... It, it's it's set up a little bit more, and I think that um, all those scenes are really good. Um, you mentioned earlier about them being sort of an investigative team and, and the way that they read clues and pick up on everything. I, I really like that part of it because uh-huh. I, I really like, you know, like mysteries and uh, like true crime type stuff. So when they start investigating the history of the house, that was like one of my favorite parts. I just... I just, I don't know, I like the idea of them looking into the past of the house and discovering more, and, and then we kind of get, I guess, set up for more rules in a way when we find out about this curse that this witch, yeah. you know, laid on the house. Um, one thought I had watching it that was answered for me when I was researching the movie, um, apparently the state of Rhode Island does not require home sellers to disclose documented histories of a location's criminal activity, um, let alone paranormal ones, so... To, to any potential buyer. So that's why the parents were unaware. Because in most movies, they Because the bank is selling it, and so they're like, well, we don't have to disclose that. We're not gonna. Yeah, and it's like, I guess even the owners wouldn't be required to, because I feel like in most cases, and in a lot of movies, um, they're like, well, we have to be honest with you. Something bad happened here. And then the, you know, the new homeowners are like, oh, no. And the mom's always like, don't buy the house. And the husband's like, we have to. It's all we can afford. And so you're always kind of set up that the house is going to be haunted in that way. But that didn't happen yeah. in this movie. They're like completely unaware of it. And so that answers my question as to why. I'm like, why yeah. don't they buy this house? And like it, everyone exactly. died and it, in. Makes, <laughs> it makes the characters not stupid. Right. right? Which means that we're not I don't when a character's stupid enough I'm a little bit rooting for them to die right <laughs> your own stupidity you kind of deserve it but these <laughs> characters are not stupid they just don't have the information right um, like... I also liked they investigate but uh at that point like they have a lot of the information but the fact that there is a genuine mystery that she has to figure out and that it's not obvious yeah uh I really really love and the idea that some of the ghosts are victims. Yeah. That's cool. I love, I love, love, love that twist. Um, that she, look what you made me do. And mm-hmm. she made me do it. I love that because not everything that's scary is evil. Right. And 
that's an interesting twist, especially for a movie like this to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like they're they're sort of trapped in in repeating that cycle or playing it out over and over again. And exactly. it, it's twofold. It's like on the one hand, we get to see that we get some scary jump scares and ghosts. But then we're also kind of figuring out a mystery here. Because you're right, there's one big piece of the puzzle that she doesn't figure out till the very end. I think when that oh. ghost says, you know, she made me do it. She's like, yeah. oh, that's how she's continuing this evil it's by possessing people and um getting them to specifically kill a certain family member um but yeah yeah no i totally agree with that i hadn't thought of it that way but that's really cool and it adds an extra element of danger Mm -hmm. for the kids because before then we were like oh mom like that sucks she demon possessed that's a bummer yeah but then all of a sudden we're like oh the kids might die and she might kill them. Like that is a whole different thing because we're dealing with the worst thing that can happen. Right. Right. Like a mom dying. That's really sad, but a mom killing her child. Like that's, that's horrifying. That's the worst thing that can happen. I know. Like the scissors thing. Oh, that's so scary. (laughs) Oh, the scissors. I don't like it. (laughs) So creepy. It is. And her, um, her looking or her um, coming through the sheet and having the witch's face. I love that. Yes. That's so cool. It's so creepy. Very creepy. Oh, I love um, the weird, the like moments of silence in these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never thought, uh, I, I don't think I had noticed it until this last time. There are several times where I think what they're trying to do is get the idea that demons can mess with sound. Cause there are mm-hmm. a couple of, times where someone's banging on the door and it's quiet where they are and that concept is terrifying to me like what if someone's trying to help me and I don't know or what if I'm trying to help someone and they don't know because they can't hear me yeah I love those those are creepy and those are really interesting there's also a moment of silence at the very end when Ed figures out that he has to that he has to do the exorcism right Mm -hmm. um the camera kind of pans around the mom and the dad and Lorraine and it zooms in on Patrick Wilson's face and there's this silence of him realizing what's happening and realizing what needs to happen and I love that and it's kind of this okay I need to okay I need to get Lorraine out of here which doesn't actually work but like that whole horrifying thought coming through his mind in that kind of silence as we sit there with him and realize the gravity of this whole situation. I love that and giving us a minute to almost kind of breathe in all of this horrifying mess. I love that moment. That is really cool. I, I agree. You know, um, when you give the audience like a second to catch up yeah. and really sit with that moment, because otherwise I think that would feel too fast. I think if we think about it, we know that he's going to end up performing the exorcism. I feel like that's been set up throughout the story because, I mean, it starts, I think, with him saying he can't give them and we right. know by the end he's going to. So it's kind of like, we know that's coming, but how do you make that feel, like, how do you make the audience feel the way he felt in that moment? I think giving that moment to breathe does that because otherwise it's like, oh, she's possessed. Well, of course I would do this, you know, and it's like that. Even though I've never done it and I'm not (laughs) supposed to. (laughs) Yeah, it really sets up, like, the stakes of of him performing it. And we also, you know, learned earlier in the film that uh, 
that Lorraine, um, every time she walks away from these intense experiences, it, it takes something out of her. So that, that yeah. also, I think, raises the stakes because otherwise they're just two Ghostbusters, essentially. But exactly. <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that. So yeah. well, I like that part of it. But that's also why I love uh, the character of... Ah, uh, what is his name? Hold on. I'm going to look it up. No uh, it's the the uh, the dude that they work with. The other guy that's flirting with the daughter. Oh, yeah. The young guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I got it. Okay. Uh, that's why I love the character of Drew so much is mm-hmm. uh, he because they're all worried about each other and they're like in this beautiful relationship. And then you have another guy that's like, ooh, there are ghosts. <laughs> and I love that because he's the only one having fun, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone else is worried. Like, he he genuinely cares about the family and all that. But he also thinks ghosts are cool. And, like, that gives us as the audience a little bit of, like, ooh, what's going to happen next? What ghosts are we going to see? And I love that. Yeah, because it injects fun back into it. Because there's a lot of really fun scenes. I mean, heavy movie. Yeah. And, but there's some fun stuff. And I like that. It makes the parts that are really dramatic, like I was talking about earlier, that girl's leg being pulled or yeah. that chair spinning, crazy hair being pulled. Yeah. Oh, I love the staticky hair thing because that part yeah. is just like I don't know why that's just so frightening. But um, yeah, it, it, when all the fantastic stuff starts happening and it's real crazy, I think that's kind of harkening back to you know early '70s horror that I feel like in more recent years we were starting to miss. It's like we completely relied on jump scares and there's nothing like yeah. exciting, like all a poltergeist in it. And so I kind of like those parts. It reminded me of poltergeist and I like that movie too. So, yeah. Yeah. He's a, I don't know. He's a, a character that I didn't expect to love, but I definitely do love him. <laughs> Cause he's so funny. He's so excited and he loves making fun of the cop. And I think that's hilarious. <laughs> so we talked about earlier, um, the ending of this movie. Uh, I really love how it wraps up. I feel like, you know, it, it ends not tragically, but it's exciting mm-hmm. enough at the end to where we got that satisfaction that you get in a lot of horror movies where there's like a big, huge ending. But yeah. it doesn't have to be like horrible. Because <laughs> I feel like before this right. movie, I was sort of set up in a lot of horror movies to like expect or need everyone to die at the end. And that doesn't happen. Um, And we have, like, actual closure, which you don't normally get in a horror movie. And I I liked that about it. I like that. Especially, uh, I think James Wan kind of set it up, set us up. Because, spoiler alert for Insidious, the ending of Insidious 1 is not a particularly happy ending. And so we were like, oh... It's probably going to do the same thing. Everything's going to be okay. And then, I don't know, somebody shoots Ed in the head. Like, right. somebody accidentally. And, the, and uh, no, like, it's a very, it's a very, very sweet ending. And um, the fact that it ends up with Ed and Lorraine basically cuddling on I the know. porch. Just, like, hanging out. Uh, I love that. Uh, I love the nod between Roger and Ed Warren. Mm-hmm. The kind of okay, like, we made it, and we're good, and it it let us know, okay, okay, so everything's okay. Um, and also the the warmth of the morning, because uh, mm-hmm. everything, everything's very yellow, everything's very peaceful. Um, I love, I love that. 
It's so sweet. You know, when you were talking about Roger and and uh, Ed, I kind of thought when I first saw the movie that they were going to be pit against each other or something. Like, mm-hmm. especially when they're both at that car. And then it's just like the exact opposite. I was like, oh, are they going to yeah. do that thing where the evil affects them? And they start hating everybody. And, and then that doesn't happen at all. No. <laughs> so that's refreshing. <laughs> and there is, there's a moment where uh, Roger's like, okay, you're killing her. This needs to stop. It needs right. to be over. And um, so you do have a little bit of that conflict. But then Lorraine immediately is like, okay, no, you don't get a say <laughs> because you don't understand what's going on. Like, yeah. this is this is not just a thing. Like, that we're fighting for her soul. We're fighting for yeah, her. Yeah, I like that I part. love that. And uh, him reaching through the, the wood to mm-hmm. his wife, saying, don't let it get you. Don't, don't let this happen. You're stronger than this. I love that. And the fact that, um, I, I don't know why, but I love the fact that the little girl is not afraid of her mother. The little girl seems to understand kind of what happened and the Mm -hmm. fact that the family is completely whole again. Yeah. That I think, I feel like that's a really big deal. Yeah. Because if not, it would, as an audience, I think we would worry that that's some kind of sign that it's going to come back or something, but they're giving us closure. I also, this is totally random and off topic, but I love their, I guess like their costumes in this movie, I guess you could say, like, I love the way that they're styled. Um, especially Lorraine, the sort of ruffle around her neck mm-hmm. and the um, the high-waisted, like, skirts. And there's just something, like, very, like, prim and proper about how she's dressed, but, like, kind of edgy and cool. She's, she's yeah. styled so differently from, like, everyone else in the film. And I just, I don't know, I like their look. It's just everything about this movie ends up, I end up walking away from it now, feeling like it's kind of, there's something, like, iconic about it. Like, if two people dress like them, I feel like I would know... Oh, they're they're the Warrens, you know. And I, yeah, I, know, I just appreciate that in the movie. I also happen to think that Patrick Wilson looks very handsome. He does, and his little sweater. He does, and his little sweater <laughs> with his little the little collar coming out of it. He looks he looks very handsome. He made turtlenecks cool, and that's not he easy did. to do. That that's really hard to do. And <laughs> you're absolutely right about her her little ruffle. It looks. Um, it kind of looks like she's in charge, which yeah. I really like. It could come across very like school marm or I don't know, like too, I don't know, too stuffy or something. But instead mm-hmm. she just, like you said, she looks kind of like powerful or regal or something. And it's yeah. Like, and kind of elegant. Yeah. They're two yeah. kind and they're not opposites, but they're, they play two very different roles and even their outfit choices kind of reflect that. Yeah. And then they get into the actual exorcism and they're both like super disheveled. (laughs) (laughs) Like her hair is just everywhere. (laughs) And uh, he gets like knocked over by the cop. He's a little bit clumsy, which I think is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, it's like he's not a trained fighter or anything, you know? Um, Oh, he's a studier. Yeah, (laughs) he's academic. They both are really. Exactly, yeah. Um, Oh, you know, one thing I wanted to mention, too, just I have to mention it before we wrap up, Um, the music box thing. I don't know why. That is, like, the Uh, scariest, and it kind of sort of, you know, that happens again in the end. I think that's, like, the last shot we see, but I think the pattern on the outside kind of reminds me, like, it's a weird callback to um, the puppet in Saw in some weird way. It's, like, Jigsaw kind of reminded me of him somehow. Um, You know, Annabelle, too, obviously, but... 
but that little thing it's sort of injecting that like old school creepiness back into the film yeah it's a little more stylistic than some of the other haunty stuff and i don't know why that that whole winding it and looking at it and it spinning is just it's chilling (laughs) so i wanted it really it really is and the uh, the design itself in the spiral is like almost like vertigo inducing and i like that it's like not quite there and it kind of moves back and forth and you're like it all I don't want it to go back the other way. I don't know what it's going <laughs> to see. And that kind of freaks me out. Yeah, it's like that weird experience that's not shared. I mean, you have to be like looking yeah. right at it. But we all kind of know what that feels like. There's something sort of disorienting about it, like you said. Yeah, there's something so interesting about uh, a movie that has a bunch of jump scares in it. And then also has a bunch of like really just creepy stuff. Just super uh this is uncomfortable <laughs> yes um was there anything else that you wanted to to chat about before we uh sort of i think up? that about covers it it's an yeah. amazing amazing movie it is well that leads me to my last couple of questions okay. uh we've kind of answered that the past hour that's i guess the ironic part about me asking it but what <laughs> <laughs> why do you think you've seen this movie so many times like what about it makes you come back to it uh, a couple of things. One, uh, we did talk about the relationships. Uh, mm-hmm. Another, that um, it is a good movie. If this wasn't a horror movie, it would still be a good movie. Yeah. There are, uh, it's a good plot. There are interesting characters. Uh, there is conflict between the characters and there's conflict between the characters and the other so even if you took all of the scares out of this movie, it would still be an interesting movie. Yeah. And so even when I know what's coming and even when I've already been scared by it, uh, I can still be like, oh, that's, you know, this is really cool. Um, another thing is, in a weird way, how beautiful the scary stuff is. I agree, yes. And um, and I think they push that even a little bit further in The Conjuring too, and mm-hmm. especially in Annabelle. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the strange, creepy, kind of beautiful aspect of like, especially the the maid and the mom that's sitting in the basement. It's this beautiful, horrifying figure, mm-hmm. and I really, really love that. Yeah, that it's just it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, I think you have to credit James Wan for sort of this new wave of horror. Um, in, in certain ways, because I feel like, you know, when Blair Witch came out, you know, that was sort of ushering in the era of of found footage, which I know found footage gets a lot of heat, but there's, there's a few movies that I really genuinely enjoy that are done well. Uh, but it it felt like we kind of got stuck on that for a while. And then James Wan comes along and he's like, let's pay homage to the older stuff and go back to you know, what made movies really great in the 70s and 80s, and even yeah. making it a period piece. And I think he kind of introduced this idea that we could we could do this again. And I think even movies like It kind of have to give him credit for that. Um, but I, I agree with you 100%. The movie is beautiful to watch. The cinematography and the uh, just the ambiance and look of the film is so good. And the story's great. It's compelling. It definitely pulls in people that aren't necessarily horror fans or can turn them into a horror fan like it did with you. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, there's just something warm and fuzzy about it. You know, at the end of the movie, I'm not, like, depressed. I'm like, oh, 
there's exactly people fighting evil out there that's comforting <laughs> exactly it's not just all doom and gloom and we're all gonna be sad here yeah it's it's so much more than that so that kind of feeds into my second question uh how do you pitch this movie like how do you pitch this to someone that hasn't seen it before Ooh, um how do i pitch it to someone that hasn't seen it uh I think that I would tell them that it is a a scary movie that is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be uh, my number one thing is that uh, would you like to see a movie that's really scary? And uh, would you like to see a movie that creeps you out and has jump scares and has all of that? Would you also like to see a movie about a family struggling and about a husband and wife who deeply care about each other and want this to work and care about their daughter and care about other people. That's the same movie. All of that is within the same movie. I think that's what I would tell someone that hasn't seen it. Yeah. I feel like this movie has a a little bit of something for everybody. Um, It it has the look and feel and even some of the callbacks to older horror um, in a way that, you know, horror fans can appreciate. But even if you're new to the genre and, or maybe even not even all that interested in it, Um, It's just a good movie. Um, It's a good, I mean, you know, I mentioned it earlier. It's got an R rating for the scare factor. So it definitely makes sure, you know, whoever you're introducing it to is okay with that aspect of it. But otherwise it's not, you know, this big gory, bloody, um, or this super sexual profane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's like, if you don't like that about horror, you can enjoy this movie still. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And I would even, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And you can enjoy all the other ones in the universe. Like exactly. There's none of that in any of them. They're all very, uh, and the nun is literally set in a convent. Yeah. With a priest and a nun. I'm glad like, you mentioned that one. I liked that movie, even though it got like terrible reviews, too. but I liked no, it. No, I really liked it. I thought, uh, what's her face's little sister did a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it? Tysa, right? Tysa Farmigo. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that's she did name. a good job. I didn't know that she was Vera Farmiga's little sister until like six months ago. No way she is. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So the, the main character, right? Uh huh. The, the whole main, movie, like, I was nine. like, they look, kind of like each other similar (laughs) yeah Yeah. no it's literally her little sister which i love there's also a callback to this movie in the nun yes if you watch it there's a big there's like a plot twist that affects this movie yeah i love a big reveal okay i'm looking up the nun really fast to make sure we're talking about the same girl yep you know she's also in uh american horror story in like most of the seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right away when I saw her, She's got a I horror would... face. She does. Right away when I saw her, I was like, "That's Violet. I remember her." Because mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. was her name in season one. Yeah. Um. Oh, I did not realize they. I mean that they. I thought the it whole movie so they looked sense, alike. Though, right? Yeah. I was like, they must have cast her because she looks like Vera, and then to oh. find out they're actually related, that makes more yeah. sense. <laughs> well, that's really cool. Uh, well, Cass, I, I, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciated it. Th- this was super fun. Um, I really enjoyed talking about this movie. It's, it's one of my favorites. So it's fun to gush over. It's so good. Uh, I will say there is a new one that will have, it has Ed Lorraine in it and it oh. comes out June 28th of oh, this awesome. year of 2019. 
Wow, I'm that's excited. Sweet. I'm going to see it in theaters <laughs> the day it comes out because I love this universe so much. Me too. I love the whole shared universe. I've I've heard of people like sort of complaining like, oh, now we're going to get a million of these. I'm like, everything in that little room. Thank you. I want to see a I, movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> everything that's set up, I need to see it. Yes. I need y'all to keep making movies <laughs> until you're way too old to play the part. Exactly. Well, Cass, uh, anything you want to plug real quick as we wrap up? I know we kind of talked about the top of the show, but if you want to... Remind our uh, yeah, just to remind people, uh, SCNS Live, super cool nerd show live every Thursday night at uh, eight central, and then now with milk, uh, now with milk productions uh, on YouTube. We're starting to come out with some short films. Uh, we don't have a schedule yet, but every now and again, you can come see me as an old lady or as a ghost or nice. as a confused person in a commercial. All sorts of stuff. <laughs> Oh, and one last thing I forgot to plug at the top of the show. Um, I will have a panel at ArlingCon, which is June 15th. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going. Oh, awesome. Cool. Well, I'll see you there. Um, okay. Basically, my, my previous panels at Fan Expo and um, AllCon, we just did kind of a live episode where the first 30 or 40 minutes we did sort of a mini episode, and then we had a Q&A section. This will be a little bit different. Um, I want to do more of a workshop. It'll just sort of be introducing newbies into how I got into podcasting. Um, we've had the show for about two years now, and just how that journey's been, and then kind of just answer any questions about the podcast itself, or if they have questions for me about you know, if they wanted to start a new podcast. Um, occasionally I get questions online and uh, I I just want to put a PSA out there, guys. Never hesitate. Direct message me and ask me stuff. I do not mind answering questions. I don't pretend to be an expert. I mean, I've been doing it for a couple years, but you know, there's so much out there to learn. But I, I don't mind answering questions about my own experience. So go ahead and reach out to me. Um, yeah. So thanks again, Cass, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Talk to you later.